Super Surge helped send Bayern into their first Champions League final since 2013. Kim with the ball down the right. Serge Gnabry looking to glide inside here to the edge of the area. Still going! Oh, brilliant goal! A thunderbolt from the edge of the box! Bayern will take on Paris Saint-Germain in Sunday's mouth-watering showdown as they aim to win a sixth Champions League title. Welcome to the official UEFA Champions League podcast. I'm Rob Daly. We'll be looking back at Bayern's 3-0 win over Lyon in their semi-final and looking ahead to Sunday's final between Bayern and Paris Saint-Germain. What a game that should be. I'm joined by commentator Adam Summerton, who watched the action from Estadio Jose Alvalade. Adam, as his tradition, your three-word match report, please. So I've gone with cutting-edge key. And I think that's just because of the fact that, you know, Lyon played a good game. I thought tactically, particularly in the early stages of the match, they were playing it very well, very cleverly. They had the better opportunities in that first sort of 20 minutes or so, but they didn't take them, had others in the second half. Bayern took their chances. They were more clinical and they're through to the final. European football expert Andy Brassel is with Adam and myself, and I think that was quite a good summary, actually, of, <laughs> yes. of how this semi-final went down, Andy. Yeah, I'm not convinced there was a huge difference, actually, for Lyon between semi-final and, and quarter-final. Uh, but Lyon took their chances a lot better in, in, in that one. But I think the difference with, with Bayern, they've been a step ahead of anyone we've seen in the UEFA Champions League so far this season. And when they got not even really a chance, really, with that first Serge Gnabry goal, but the merest sniff of a chance. They snapped it up, and that first goal changed the game. Uh, we'll, we'll bring you coverage to the final on Sunday between Paris Saint-Germain and Bayern on Match Day Live on UEFA.com, the Champions League app, and across North America on Sirius XM FC. But let's hear how this season's second belated semi-final panned out between Lyon and Bayern. Kakaray plays a ball through the middle here, and Memphis Depay is one-on-one with Neuer, round the keeper, but he hits the side net. There's real urgency about Leon. that's another good ball in behind the Bayern defence. It's Toko Ekambi, onto his left foot! Oh, and off the post! Kim with a ball down the right, Serge Gnabry looking to glide inside here to the edge of the area. Still going! Oh, brilliant goal! A thunderbolt from the edge of the box! Serge Gnabry now driving towards goal again. This time he finds Perisic, his cross! And Serge Gnabry's there again! This time it's a tap-in! And Bayern double their lead! Leon nil, Bayern Munich 2-3 for Awan. They've got a man over, Toko Ikambi, it's a tap-in! Oh, but it's a great save from Manuel Neuer! And it's a chance for Kimmich to swing it over from this near side, the right. Has a look up and sees what his options are in the middle. And picks out Robert Lewandowski, who keeps his run going of scoring in every UEFA Champions League game this season. And that's the tie done. It's Bayern who will go through to the final to meet Paris. It's Leon nil, Bayern three. It was comprehensive in the end, and Lewandowski did get in on the act. His 15th Champions League goal of the season, he will surely, uh, it's undoubted, he'll finish as top scorer of this season's competition, a year in which we do not have the uh, Ballon d'Or. But there are plenty of other individual accolades that he'll be up for, Adam Summerton, um, including UEFA's um, at the end of, uh, when we eventually get to the end of 2019-20. I mean, he's just absolutely fantastic. Although, it, it, there was a... 
bit of an odd miss for that for that <laughs> yeah. second Serge Gnabry goal. Yeah, there was. He, he rather sort of swung at th thin air a little bit, didn't he? From a, well, less than a metre out. But I think they'll forgive him that because what a season that he's had. You know, the Bundesliga's top scorer. Um, he's going to be, as you've just said, the UEFA Champions League's top scorer. You know, it makes me think about young players and, and players who perhaps go maybe to a new club and it, they don't always necessarily hit the ground running. And, you know, people... I remember when Moussa Dembele first went to Lyon. I mean, there was a lot of criticism of his early performances. And I remember Bruno Genesio really having to defend him at the time and saying that he would come good and that his attitude was good. But when you think about Lewandowski and when he was at Dortmund, you know, his first season in the Bundesliga, he got eight goals in 33 league appearances. Things weren't going particularly well. And then, if you remember, there was an injury to Lucas Barrios. He got his chance, he got in the team, and he's literally never looked back. And I think that that's a lesson in there for me about maybe we judge players too quickly because look what he's gone on to do. He's arguably the best number nine in the world right now. Um, and it just shows as well sometimes ability needs opportunity as well. And he certainly got that partly because of that injury. And I think with Lewandowski in his particular case, a lot of anger and frustration went into propelling himself to become better. He always thought he should have been ahead of Lucas Barrios and was annoyed that he wasn't always starting games. And he used that to stoke the fire. And I think you can look at Serge Gnabry as well, who was, you know, written off at West Bromwich Albion, never really got the opportunities um, that he felt he deserved at Arsenal as well, and then took the ball by the horns, went back to Germany and, and made it work for himself for uh, Werder Bremen, and then after signing for, uh, for, for, for um, Bayern on, on loan at Hoffenheim. So you're right, Adam, it's not always straightforward. I think sometimes, because we've been spoilt by seeing the ascension of... Um, Cristiano Ronaldo and Leo Messi and they're the first best players in the world really that we've been able to see as football fans at such close quarters we've been able to see more of their matches than we've been able to see of um, Maradona, Pelé, Eusebio, yeah. yeah. um, Cruyff, any of those players you care to name. I think sometimes it's, it, it makes us forget that they are not the normal. You know, other players have to really go through it to get there. Even exceptional players really have to go through it to get there. OK, let's hear from the man of the match next, Bayern winger Serge Gnabry. Amazing night for myself, amazing night for the team. Um, we knew it was going to be a difficult game. Uh, now we're in the final and yeah, very much looking forward to Sunday's game. Uh, we tried to put the icing on, on the top and yeah, win that game. And then obviously history hopefully will be done. Uh, well, there's loads of great stats around this. Lewandowski, of course, has uh, continued his run of scoring in every Champions League game. And Lewandowski now having moved on to 15 goals and Gnabry on nine have bested uh, the best goal-scoring duo in the Champions League season of Ronaldo and Bale uh, from 2014 when the pair of them had 23 goals uh, together. And you t if we talk about little moments and unusual circumstances in which players get to the top and you talk about that Lucas Barrios injury, I think about Serge Gnabry actually earning his move back to Germany and the Olympic Games in 2016, mm. when suddenly he was thrown back into the mind. Uh, apparently all 18 German clubs in the Bundesliga wanted to sign him off the back of, of, of that tournament. Um, it wasn't plain sailing, Adam. It was a rough opening 18 minutes for Bayern. And, and actually, it, something Kev Hatchard touched upon, some of the defensive frailties that we talked about from the, <laughs> it's tough to criticize them from that game, but the 8-2 Bar Barcelona win. Yeah, and I think that watching that game tonight, as Thomas Tuchel said that he would be doing, didn't he, uh, with his coaching staff, they will have noticed things that, that they can 
um, make the most of that they can expose. I mean, Bayern are an absolutely excellent football team. And as we said earlier, they've got that ability that all the best sides have, that they can swarm all over a team and suffocate the life out of them. But nobody's perfect. And I think that there will be opportunities for, for Paris. It's going to be so intriguing tactically. I mean, everyone's going to look at the flair that's going to be on show in this final. I understand why, and I, I'll be looking for that as well. But I'm quite intrigued about the tactical side of this as to how they'll play it, because it, it was so noticeable for me that Hansi Flick got his defence to drop back, because they were too high. Now, that looked quite suicidal at times in the early stages against Lyon. What would it, what would it be like against a side that yeah. you know, has got better forward players or, or more clinical forward players in the likes of Mbappe and Neymar? So, you know, but if, if, they do, if they do drop back a little bit, as they did tonight, that will give them less going forward. And that's one of the things that's so great about this Bayern side. And that's why they're able to suffocate these teams, because they can get Kimmich advanced, they can get... Um, Davies advance as well and the other thing that's interesting as well is with Pavar coming back does he stick with Kimmich on at right back or does he put him back in midfield and I think that's going to be a, a big decision for Hansi Flick to make ahead of this game maybe maybe he might feel that Pavar's not quite fit enough in terms of minutes under his belt to start a final but it's a decision nevertheless if he is I think the decision makes itself really Adam because when you've got Pavar there, he's a third centre back basically, isn't he? When 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 they're when they're they're attacking, so it, it gives them a little bit of extra security. I think uh, Kimmich gives them a little bit more bite in midfield. We know that Thiago is a a great craftsman, but they can create from all over the pitch. So that is Hansi Flick's ideal midfield and it's is his ideal first team so if Pavard's fit enough I think he goes with him and, and sticks Kimmich back into midfield because we've always thought with Kimmich where will Bayern miss him least because he's so influential in, in so many places he's a fantastic right back that sort of really puts to rest the ghost of Philip Lahm which is incredible when you say it out loud and then in midfield, Hansi Flick has decided he's best there. And I, I think Germany have gone with that as, as as well. We forget that for a period, he played a very good spell at, at centre-back under under Pep Guardiola in that sort of mini Mascherano role, following in the in the steps of the Argentinian who did such yeah. great work for, for Pep Guardiola at, at Barcelona. Um, so I think they will go with that if they possibly can. But Bayern have options. Bayern always have options. Uh, let's hear from their left-back, Alfonso Davies. Feels good. Um, you know, everyone's happy. Everyone's playing well. Um, we're happy we can make it to the finals. Uh, you know, we know our opponent we're playing is PSG. You know, they're a good team. Um, so we just want to go out there. Just, you know, right now, you know, we celebrate a little bit. But, you know, afterwards, we focus on the next game. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, it's, it's, a, it's a dream come true, actually. Um, you know, playing Champions League, you know, making it to the finals is it's everything you can ask for. There's going to be goals in that game. Um, you know, this is what you dream of as a footballer, you know, playing with the best, uh, against the best, you know, in Europe. And um, we're able to do that, so I'm excited. And injuries have given him his opportunities. He had played at fullback prior to Bayern, but came as a winger and is now um, one of the left best left backs in uh, Europe, certainly one of the quickest. Adam, on the night, Gnabry and Lewandowski will take many of the headlines, of course, but could you pick out two or three other players who, under the radar, were good for your money? I've seen, for example, David Alaba, centre-back, getting a lot of praise tonight for his performance. Well, I think there's one that really stands out for me. If it was up to me, I would have given him the man of the match, which is Goretzka. I, th I think that he was so important to so much that Bayern did tonight. And as Andy said, I think it was in, in the commentary that, you know, right from maybe after the... 
the season's suspension. He's been one of Bayern's most important players. He drives them on going forward at times. He can appear on the edge of the box, but equally, he'll be eating up the ground, charging back to, to stop a tap. I mean, I remember one block he did particularly down by the dead ball line to stop a cross coming over where he, he made up quite a lot of ground. He, he's really come on for me. I think he's a much better player than he was at Schalke. He's certainly physically imposed. I, I need to find out what his gym routine is because I know I, I could do with a bit of that myself. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're serious biceps. Yeah. But, you know, it's interesting because sometimes when players bulk up like that, sometimes they get too big. And people say it's not really a footballer's shape. It's not economical for getting around the pitch. But whoever he's... I mean, he's obviously getting advice off, to be serious. He'll be getting advice off the very top people in, in that field in terms of the right weights to do and the right exercises to do to make sure you're not too big. But he's he, he certainly... And I, I think I said to Andy in the game, the physicality he's got, he said he thinks he's helping him drive the team forward from midfield. But I think when you when you sort of develop physically like that from where he was, where he was, he's fairly sort of slight, really. Yeah, very. Maybe yeah. even go as far yeah. as say skinny. But I think it won't just be the physical effects of that. It will be the mental effects of it as well. He'll feel more confident. He'll feel more able to shrug off challenges. He'll he might. And sometimes it, that can really that can really help a player as well. The mental side of it. And, and he looks a, a really important player in this buying side to me now. And he sort of falls under this category for me, Andy, of, of players who were, you know, and I, I looked up the words Bayern and crisis <laughs> online and saw <laughs> the, how many hits I got. And back to November, I'm, I'm nine months ago around the Nico Kovac sacking. The club was seen to be in crisis and all the rest of it, and now they, they're probably seen as the favourites going into this weekend's Champions League final. Hansi Flick has brought in Thomas Muller. He was largely a sub, right, at the end mm. of Nick Kovic's time. Leon Goretzka has become a much more important player. Alfonso Davies has morphed into this fine left-back. David Alaba, the centre-back. Even Ivan Perisic, who was seen really as just a covering winger, um, starting all these games en route to, to the final. It, what Hansi Flick has done. Was there any indicator for you that, the, that this was coming? Uh, no, and I, I think we have to be honest and, uh, and say that um, maybe the players were the only ones who, who knew they had it in them, apart from Hansi Flick, because of course Niko Kovac said, we can't play pressing football with these players. And maybe it was part of that, they, they felt provoked, like, well, okay, we'll show you. But Hansi Flick has always had the respect of these players from the off. It is about tactics to a certain degree because you look at how he's got them to press more, how he's um, changed the roles of Davies, of Alaba, of Kimmich, but as well, it is about attitude and belief. And I think that mutual respect between coach and players has, has really helped a lot of those players refine themselves. OK, let's switch our attention to Leon here. First of all, a tear from their defender, Marcelo. It was a really tough game. We, we knew the, the quality of Bayern Munition. And then, uh, of course, we in the first half, we had three chances to score. Unfortunately, we, we didn't score. And then uh, they, they got confidence to, to play the ball, uh, to control the game. And uh, we could not stop them in the, in the two, 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 uh, two occasions that they have to score. So, uh, but I'm proud of my, my team. You know, I'm proud of my teammates. Uh, we face, you know, a, a great team. Our strategy uh, was uh, was uh, 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 to play the ball behind the, the, the defense back. You know, we knew that we had like a, a, a fast uh, striker. He could make uh, complicate the life of Boateng and uh, and Alaba. So we did it very well, actually. 
but uh, we missed uh, the, uh, the efficacy of uh, uh, to score a goal. So now it's, uh, we need to look forward for the Liga, and then maybe uh, in two years we are back. By the way, and we'll come back to this shortly. I've just seen Hansi Flick has confirmed that Jerome Boateng was brought off with a muscle problem at halftime for Nicolas Zula. I think we'll discuss that more when we preview Sunday's final. But on Leon, and, and he touched upon it there, Adam, it, it does feel like a la lazy cliche, but it is true, and certainly in cases where you're the underdog, you've got to score. You, you have to score those big opportunities yeah. when they come up against a team as good as Bayern and, and they just couldn't do it. They just couldn't take them. Well, you see the difference in, in their last two games. They did that against Manchester City. They took their opportunities. When they got them, they were few and far between, but when they got them, they, they by and large, they took them. And tonight, as, it, as was, was just being said there, you know, they, they, they did that, in some ways, the hard side of it really well. They got, they created those opportunities. Yeah. That they, yeah. uh, they were playing it really well tactically, but, but they didn't take them. It must be a source of huge frustration because, you know, how, how long will it be before Lyon are in, you know, their next UEFA Champions League semi-final? It's a massive opportunity for them. But I think, as Andy said during the game, and you you always have to look and take the positives out of this situation. And I think there are many for Leon. And if what Andy said proves to be correct in terms of that going forward, that they, that this changes maybe a little bit of the mentality of the club. It changes the whole confidence of the club. It changes the outlook of the club because they've just finished seventh in Liga and they're not going to be in Europe next season. That's a bit of a pill to swallow for a club that's been so consistent in terms of being in Europe. So this is this will have given them back some belief, some feel-good factor and a platform for next season. And I thought it was interesting that Liga was referenced there as well because they know yeah. they, they can and must be better in Liga next season as well. Yeah, and they haven't won a trophy since 2012. That's something they'll they'll want to fix, um, whether it be the Coupe de France or or anything else. And um, th that's that's the mentality that they have to aim for. But Rudy Garcia got so much right tactically. I just wonder, guys, and I'm interested to hear your opinion on this, with those chances that they didn't take early on, and Toko Akambi has done brilliantly, I think, in those games against... Um, Leon uh, against uh, Juventus and Manchester City. So much work, so much important running. If Dembélé's on the, the the end of those chances, is the game different? Well, I think he's the best finisher, isn't he? He's the best finisher at the club. But you can understand why why he wasn't picked tonight mm. because, you know it had worked so well for them because it's not just I mean it goes against everything really that we've just said so it sounds like I'm completely contradicting myself here but it's not just about the goals it's also about how they play when they haven't got the ball as well it's, yeah. it's about stretching the buying defence so I can understand why he's, why he's not necessarily gone with Dembele but, but I think you probably alluding to the fact that he's probably well I, I'm going to say it I think he's the best uh, the best finisher at the club it's tough so. because actually you, you you want you want Memphis and it can be to make the chance and then also have <laughs> also want Dembele on the pitch but you can't have three strikers because they'll tell you apart but. So some would say you should be allowed 12 players <laughs> okay uh, well let's focus on Sunday's final then and what a match this will be Lewandowski Muller Perisic come up against Neymar and Bappe Di Maria Paris Saint-Germain faced Leipzig in their semi-final and here's how they beat them Mbappe on the ball for the first time, great ball, Neymar's there and hits the post. It's Di Maria who curls it in and it's headed into the back of the net by Marquinhos. Brilliant header, great free kick delivery from Angel Di Maria and the man who saved Paris Saint-Germain in the last minute. 
quarter-final has just headed them in front in the semi-final. Conrad Leimer plays it square, and the shot is just wide from Poulsen. Only just wide. Really good attack from Leipzig. By far their best moment of the game. In goes that delivery. Oh, well, Gulakshi is fortunate. It, it has hit the outside of his post as Neymar tried to catch him. Again, they're playing the ball out from the back. Oh, given away by Gulakshi horribly. It's fallen to Angel Di Maria, who puts it into the back of the net. It's 2-0 to Paris Saint-Germain. It was a terrible clearance by Gulakshi. Klosterman couldn't control it, and they were in. They could have picked the goal scorer. They picked Di Maria. It's Leipzig nil. It's Paris Saint-Germain two. The cross comes in. Bernat's header! And it's crossed the line. Not sure whether Neymar got the final touch. And the goal stands. And Juan Bernat has scored Paris Saint-Germain's third goal of this semi-final. Just when Leipzig thought that things were beginning to go their way. So it was a 3-0 win for the French champions. And their head coach, Thomas Tuchel, says he can't believe he's finally made it through to the club's first Champions League final after beating Leipzig. <laughs> yeah, crazy. So we do it for the fans. The sport is uh, for, for the families, for the fans, for the young, young, young kids. So I'm happy we can, we can deliver. We can deliver this final. And I'm, I'm uh, speechless that I'm part of it, actually. Um, we deserve it. The team showed not only uh, the players showed not only quality but also incredible hunger to win and desire, determination, and we played with resilience and uh, a big, big spirit. This is uh, was very impressive. So it, we will give everything. It will be a, a big match and it will be a big challenge and it will be super, super hard. So let's wait and see. Yeah, days on from the club's uh, 50th anniversary of its formation, Paris Saint-Germain reached their first final and uh, you could see, you could hear it there from Thomas Tuchel, but you could see from the players' reaction an emotional looking Neymar who has won it with Barcelona at full time. Just mighty relieved they will compete in the showpiece in Lisbon on Sunday. Bayern looking to win a sixth European Cup and equal um, Liverpool's tally, which they achieve last year. Two German coaches, Adam Summerton, going head-to-head, -head, I think for the first time since uh, since uh, 2013. What a showdown this promises to be. It's going to be fantastic. I, I can't wait. I find it hard to predict. I think that um, it's it's that type of contest that just intrigues you in so many different ways. And as you'd expect with the UEFA Champions League final, we have just a galaxy of stars on show and we have so many potential match winners. Um, I can only imagine the, the number of column inches that will be dedicated to the likes of Neymar and Mbappe and, and Lewandowski, uh, who will turn out to be the match winner. It's very hard to predict in that respect, largely because there's so many potential match winners. It's, uh, it's I, I, calling this one's tough, I've got to say. If pushed, I would probably say Bayern, but it's, um, it's, it should be a fantastic contest. I'm really looking forward to it. Andy, do you think there'll be, there'll be glimmers of hope here for Paris Saint-Germain? Not that they're huge underdogs. I think you'd probably just shade it towards Bayern. But the nature in which you can get behind them, and given the pace they have in someone like Kylian Mbappe, that they might have some joy against the German champions. Yeah, I, th I think that has to be part of it, certainly. And I, I think you look at it and think... Now, if those early chances for Lyon and for Barcelona fell to 
Kylian Mbappe. Maybe it's a, a, a different story. So I think that this has actually worked out pretty well, this semi-final uh, for, for Bayern, though. To have those early scares against Lyon, and as uh, Adam said, for Hansi Flick to readjust, to adapt to those, I think has given him a bit of head start on the prep for, for Sunday's final. That's not to say that Paris Saint-Germain aren't in this. Of course they are. They've been building towards this for the best part of a decade. And you talked about the emotion of, of Neymar at the full-time whistle yeah. against Leipzig. Well, let's not mess around. This is what he came here for. This is what he came to Paris for. Um, and if he plays uh, like he's played for the last couple of games, um, albeit that he's missed a couple of chances, his all-round game has been quite magnificent, then Paris have a very good chance. How about this for a stat puddle? I had to sort of double-check in my head, it, but it must be right. It's the first final between two reigning domestic champions since 1998. Wow. So that's 22 wow. years since Real Madrid beat, beat, <laughs> beat Juventus. Of course, it only really used to be between uh, champions of their respective uh, countries. Adam, are you, are you, would you just be shading Bayern for this one? Yeah, I would. I think... Yeah, on balance, having watched a lot of both of them this season, I would still still go with Bayern. But I've been very impressed with, with Paris because the question that I always ask myself year on year was, you know, were they looking more like a team? Because Bayern certainly looked like that to me. They looked like a team. Um, Paris, I wasn't so sure about, and, and I wasn't so sure until just pretty recently. The game that really started to turn my opinion in, in that respect personally was when I covered the second leg against Dortmund because I saw things in that game from a team perspective that maybe I'd not seen as much of before from, from Paris in this particular competition. It felt for me like, as I say, like a bit of a glass ceiling was, was smashed through there in terms of getting past that point in the competition, but also in terms of their development as a team as well. And, and the way I suppose that someone like Neymar has, has bought into the, the team ethic as well, because whilst he's a stunningly talented individual player, uh, I think those players have to buy into the team as well, because otherwise it doesn't work. Um, so there's a lot positive uh, about Paris. And I think that whether they win or lose this final at the weekend, massive progress has been made this season in terms of this club believing it, it should, as, as, as a club and as a group of players, that they deserve to be in this type of situation, playing in a UEFA Champions League final, because they've had too many seasons where they've flattered to deceive in this competition's knockout rounds. You couldn't say that of this season. They've got to a final, and even if they don't win it, they've made massive progress. They do have one of the best defensive records in the Champions League this season, and they'll need to be sharp. Serge Gnabry, 23 goals, 12 assists. Those are ridiculous numbers. Lewandowski now on, uh, was it, 55 goals for the season and 15 in the Champions League this campaign. But Hansi Flick, Andy Brassel, said this evening post-match, we know we need to defend better. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, a muscle injury for Jerome Boateng, uh, that's why he came off at half-time, we don't know the full extent of it, may be a concern. Um, yeah. What I've... do you think that would mean to, to potential team selection? Would that be Zula coming in, perhaps? Yeah, I think that's most likely. Um, of course, uh, Pavar could come in, but um, I, th I think to bring in both Pavar and Zula would maybe be a little bit of a stretch. Um, it's a shame for Jerome Boateng because he's just been absolutely fantastic for, for, for this season. One of the standout players, someone that Hansi Flick can, can really rely on. And do, P do Paris go with the same team? Do they tinker with that? I suppose the fitness of Arati 
Is that the major one whether he would come into central midfield? I think it is. I mean, th this is, I think, the, the quandary for both coaches in that the 11 that they would like to pick is not the 11 that they will end up picking, perhaps. I thought Leandro Perez was outstanding when he came on against Atalanta. Good, yeah. um, he was, again, um, superb against Leipzig. And he's, he struggled, really, to find his niche in this team. Unsurprisingly, considering there's so much competition, and especially Marco Verratti, I think he is the man for the job, and Thomas Tuchel will recognise that. Do you think that Bayern attack will stay the same, Adam Ivan Perisic? Did he do enough tonight to yeah, that's, properly cement his spot in the final? There's a question there, I think. Um, for, for Coman or, yeah, or, or Coutinho, yeah, perhaps? Or? Yeah, because I think particularly Coutinho has shown quite a bit in these last couple of games from the bench. So, I mean, again, we talk about Sané coming in as well. <laughs> <laughs> at the club. I mean, it just really does illustrate. It's ridiculous, really, isn't it? The ability that, that, that they're going to be able to call upon. But that that would be the one, I think. Obviously, he's got this the potential quandary in terms of the, the right-back central midfield situation that we've already discussed. And, and obviously, we'll have to wait on the fitness of Boateng. But in terms of the forward area of the pitch, I think that he has got a decision to make there. Of course, has picked the same side the last two matches. Certainly has. We'll wait and see. Able to bring on Zula, Pavar, Coutinho, Coman and Tolisso as well. Not bad, and it should make for a great final. Andy Brassel, Adam Summerton, thank you so much for your commentary and great uh, company this evening. That's just about it for now, and thanks, as always, for listening. Just a reminder to download our review podcast shortly after every single match night, including the final, and there is just one match left in the longest Champions League season in history. Make sure you join us on Sunday from 8 p.m. CET for the final between Paris Saint-Germain and Bayern München. We've got loads of great stuff planned for you on the show and we can't wait. You can hear it on the official Champions League app on UEFA.com and across North America on Sirius XM FC 2. But for now, from myself, Rob Daly, and the rest of the Matchday Live team, it's goodbye. You've been listening to UEFA Champions League Matchday Live.